everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of This is Manufacturing in Mexico, the podcast of the Entrada Group. And for today's guest, I'm pleased to welcome to the podcast John Paul, or JP, McDerris, who is Entrada Group's Director of Business Development. He's been with Entrada for about a decade. Um, JP is a member of Entrada's leadership team, and as a result, he works closely with Entrada's clients, with the service delivery team, as well as new prospective clients that are looking at setting up Mexico operations for the first time with uh, Entrada Group. And JP has collaborated on more than 100 Mexico market entry products, excuse me, projects for global manufacturers across many different industries. He's also lived, worked, and taught in Mexico for eight years. And JP is really a great person to talk with if you want to learn, you know, about not just the ins and outs of Mexico manufacturing, but also life on the ground there in Mexico, because he spent so much time doing that. So please welcome to the podcast, JP McDerris. Hey, Cameron. Good afternoon. Thanks a lot for uh, for the introduction. Really appreciate uh, you taking the time to uh, to work with us on this. Absolutely. I'm glad to go through an exciting topic with you today uh, because recently you welcomed uh, a, a bunch of uh, manufacturing uh, executives and owners at the you know, C-level and ownership group that came down to, the to your facility in Zacatecas. And I'll let you get into some of those details, but I think this is a good place to start the conversation today because that's an audience of people who are, you know, they're very busy. They're running their company. They're running not just the operations, but the entire, you know, they're responsible for everything. Very busy schedules, competing agendas. How did you manage to get, you know, these high-level individuals to come down to Mexico and take a tour of your facility? Well, Cameron, it's always it's it's fantastic whenever you have the interest and the opportunity to bring um, executives and business owners to a place like Mexico, uh, especially to see the manufacturing, the complexities, and everything that is happening uh, um, in a place like Mexico, an emerging market. Um, you know, the, what we're starting to understand is there are a lot of companies in. Mexico, who I'm sorry, there are a lot of companies in the U.S. today. Um, it's not just about trying to find uh, cost competitive labor and, and other uh, other items that can make your company have a more competitive edge. Um, I think what we're feeling today from these executives and, and these owners uh, is the strain on the labor force in the U.S. And sort of the concerns for what is happening, not just today, but in the next over the next 10 years, uh, with the baby boomers sort of leaving the workforce, retiring, um, who's going to come in and sort of fill in those gaps on those skilled, uh, you know, not only skilled level positions, but a lot of these other types of uh, assembly jobs. Um, so um, this this particular group were actually companies involved in uh, uh, a major part of what they produce are wire harness uh, or wire harnesses um, for multiple different industries. We know that this is a very cost competitive industry and that a lot of these companies, uh, you know, they're, they're, they have probably looked at places in Asia. They've probably looked at other cost competitive locations um, for one reason or another. They have not made that decision to jump. Um, one of the companies, so there were four companies in total, two of the gentlemen uh, from one of the companies is actually already producing in Matamoros on the border um, between Mexico and Texas. 
And um, we found it pretty interesting to know that that it is no longer just about going to Mexico and going anywhere in Mexico. Uh, this company specifically is looking to get off of the border because of issues um, with unions, but also the the cost. The cost can be anywhere from two to three times what it is in other locations in Mexico. Um, so that sort of gives you, I guess, a, a better handle on who came, the type of company. Um, and, and really, yes, it is about being more cost competitive. But at the end of the day, a lot of these companies are at 60, 70 percent capacity, uh, 20 some weeks from being able to fulfill orders uh, because they can't find labor. And it, I imagine COVID made that even worse, correct? Yes, uh, COVID obviously it's it's difficult, right, to compete sort of with the the benefits that uh, that employees are receiving. Uh, obviously, too, there's there's other concerns, factors, uh, children being out of school, not being able to afford daycare or or child services so that they can go to work. There's multiple factors that are sort of stacked up against the workforce in the U.S. Um, and and that creates a, a huge challenge for these companies. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about a trip coming down to Mexico from dif- different parts of the U.S., seven different companies at the sea level, the, the actual owners of the companies, wire harness sector, came down and spent time with you. How long were they there? What, what did they see and do when they were with you? Tell us a little bit about, about that experience. Sure. So we, uh, we met in Houston, um, got to meet the group, uh, had a wonderful dinner, and then obviously we, we, we chartered a jet. We woke up early the next morning. Um, we were out of uh, out of Houston by probably 6.30 in the morning, arrived about an hour and a half later at the airport in Zacatecas, Mexico, near our Fresnillo um, campus, um, and essentially spent about, you know, 10 hours there, 10 to 11 hours. And it was, um, it was pretty, a lot of the, the, the factors of COVID, we planned this trip sort of in April, May, so we were uncertain as to uh, what the policies of CDC and everything else would be. So we just thought it would be easier to get everybody in and out in the same day. Uh, where normally we would we would like for our clients, to, our prospects to come visit, stay the night. Uh, Zacatecas is an amazing city, 1540s, Spanish colonial um, UNESCO World Heritage Site. It's basically where all of our clients um, um, stay. So about 40 minutes from the campus. But but in the end, we, we understand how busy uh, these gentlemen are, and and essentially, uh, we we sort of know that it's hard for them to dedicate an extended amount of time to come down and and uh, and and check a place out. But at the same time, one of the biggest comments that came up was how easy you know from from their past experiences of producing in Asia, uh, you know, you leave. Cleveland at 6.30 in the morning, and you could be in the operation by one o'clock in the afternoon. So this was also a huge eye-opener to them, is, is just literally being able to come in and out in one day. Mm-hmm. So imagine they thought of it in the context of that trip. They appreciated it, but on an ongoing basis, that would mean a lot, a, a big game changer for their executives visiting regularly, for prospects visiting, to send down technicians, et cetera. Is Having their clients nice? come in. Yeah. I mean, it, it, imagine... Uh, your clients wanting to uh, to PPAP or or qualify or even just visit an operation to help you in that sales process, you literally can have them uh, down there same day and and back out and on their way as well. So it's mm-hmm. it's it's a game changer. And a day um, that's a, it's a that's a long 
a trip, what do they, or not, that's a long amount of time, I should say, what do they actually see with you and experience uh, during the visit? Sure. Um, so to date, in our Fresnillo Zacatecas location, we actually have a campus of about 5,000 employees. Um, there we have 13 different manufacturers, um, very diverse set of products, everything from fishing rods um, to wire harnesses that go in uh, appliances to premium speakers that go in X5 BMWs and Q5 Audis. So just a lot of different skill sets. We really focused on getting them through four of our clients who produce harnesses for multiple different industries. Um, I think the most important thing that we wanted them to get a handle on um, is this sort of, there are high mix, low volume companies, but there are also high volume, low mix. Um, There's some automation, you know, wire crimping, physical, automated. There, there really are a lot of skill sets that are necessary um, for these operations. And just to give you a, a, a quick note about harness operations in our campus, 2,700 people are involved in the production of harnesses uh, alone in, in, in our industrial campus. And around 120 of those are those white collar, uh, you know, managerial, supervisor, higher-end technicians, engineers. And so it, it, it really is good for them to get a handle on, um, you know, when we're working with them, to talking about cost. Well, what are the level of these positions? Are these people bilingual? Uh, will they really understand my business? So it, it, I mean, it's fantastic. They got to talk to plant managers. Um, they got to get on the line and actually see um, how the people are, are, are being trained um, before they actually come out onto the lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it really, you know, recruitment center where we're recruiting the labor, uh, just a lot of different things that, that uh, people are very clueless about um, in an emerging market like Mexico. Mm-hmm. And those elements that you mentioned, the recruitment, uh, the, some of the training and elements, are those components that are provided by Entrada Group? So, um, great question. So, essentially, with, with Entrada Group, um, what we do is, is we have our shared service center where we are delivering all of the legal certifications, licenses, everything that's necessary for our clients to exist in Mexico. They're piggybacking on our legal infrastructure. Um, just to give you an idea, you know, the EMEX licenses, CTPAT Homeland Security, AAA for, for VAT uh, returns. Um, and VAT, that's value add tax. And, and even thinking uh, OEA, which are trade and compliance um, Mexican certifications, <clears throat> which allow us to be able to have less than 1% of our trucks stopped uh, or even searched. So there's a lot of a lot of different things that really go into um, what is being provided for the clients. But uh, obviously, we're, we're just focusing on the trip. And so I, I really want to mention... Um, you know, training is a big thing. For instance, uh, our clients are responsible to train their employees. At the end of the day, the employee does belong 100% to uh, to the company. They wear their uniform. Um, they hire and fire and obviously have the responsibility of the severance. But, but that's a big thing is we've realized, especially with the wire harness clients, the need for certifications and really, really skilled training in in the IPC 620 um, certifications. And so this is something that now we actually have been hiring, um, sorry, we've been uh, allowing for a year and uh, or doing for a year for our clients. 
Um, and, and it has become a game changer. And, and so, you know, directly training on the actual product, we do not get involved in, but anything that we can train on to give that competitive edge, um, we're, we're trying to provide for our clients. And I would encourage also listeners who are hearing this for the first time to go to the Entrada podcast series because the first couple of podcasts, we spoke with Raul and Jonathan who went to, into uh, depth about the Learning Center and why it came to life and, and why it's such a special value add. Um, JP, you had uh, we had talked a little bit about COVID and how that affected some of the, you know, the, the labor pressure that the manufacturers in the U.S. are feeling. Did the people on the trip – your, your visitors, they also mentioned that that was a strong pain point that they're still feeling. Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, it was it was pretty intriguing to them. We went into a few different sizes of operations. The largest operation for harnesses, 1,400 people. Uh, obviously, on first shift, there's probably closer to around 700 to 800 people. Um, to the smallest being um, one of our newest clients at 50 employees. And, you know, the, the, the struggle that they're having, the reality is from our recruitment center, we're actually able to hire up to 150 direct workers weekly. And this is something that's, that's just been huge. And, and in fact, um, a couple of our clients in the pandemic, it was the, it was the exact opposite. While headcount was shrinking in the U.S., uh, they actually were putting on more people in their Mexican facility um, you know, and so it was it was really interesting to see that dynamic. In fact, one of our harness clients actually grew around 200 employees uh, in, in that 12 month span. So uh, I, I think I think firsthand they saw the ability to recruit the willingness of the labor. And I think uh, maybe this was I, I know we talked about this earlier, but one of the things that also is a difference from the United States um, generationally, you know, my, my mother is obviously a baby boomer. Um, um, my mother's aunts worked in parachute factories in World War II, mm. uh, building parachutes. Uh, one of my other aunts was a riveter. It's just a very, very different um, generation who went through the Depression. And so obviously sort of passing that on to my mom and those baby boomers, when you get a job, you hold on to it. <laughs> and mm -hmm. and it's just a, a very, very different mentality from even, say, my generation or these newer generations that are coming up. Um, in Mexico, manufacturing is very highly sought after profession. Uh, there, there are additional benefits that come with working in the manufacturing sector. Employees are paid by week, not bi-weekly. Bi as most companies in the U.S., um, there's there's a lot of different benefits and fun of it. So they is a program which the company pays into a, a housing credit for a first time buyer, and, and just a lot of different things that um, individuals or employees in Mexico can get over, say, working in the mining industry or the agricultural industry. Um, so that's sort of a, another advantage of uh, uh, the difference in hiring people that actually want to work for you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So on this trip, you know, you, you came down together on an airplane, spent the whole day together, uh, these different executives and, and owners, uh, were there common questions or concerns or things that they asked of you or, or expressed to you during this visit? Um, I, you know, I think one of the big things that, that we're all, the, the harness industry 
in Mexico especially is shifting and changing. It is becoming more complex. The demands of, of being able to have more part numbers doing less or lower volume, higher mix product, you know, there is a lot of concern about how long does it take to train somebody? Are they going to be able to pick this up? Are they going to be interested in learning these multiple part numbers? I think that is still a challenge today, but it's something that that is directly being addressed and it has to be addressed in order for uh, Mexico to, to win more projects or win more opportunities from places like China. Um, so that was obviously a concern. Are, are the employees, we understand they're willing to work. Are they able to learn uh, more part numbers? Um, are they are they interested in doing that? Uh, and so, you know, those are the types of things that, that, uh, that are of interest. Also, um, skilled labor. Uh, you know, we're in a location purposely that is sort of padded from large OEMs or major tier ones that really help our cost structure for our clients and help us remain more cost competitive. But at the same time, are we able to attract talent from places like Mexico City, Juarez, uh, Puebla, uh, you know, other locations, major manufacturing locations like Monterey, Guadalajara? And the answer is absolutely. Um, when you walk and when our, our prospects walk through the facilities, uh, they were talking to people in English who, who had come from these different locations, um, you know, and at the end of the day, a lot of them have come because this is a, this is a new opportunity and this is a, an opportunity for them to actually uh, uh, expand their horizons, be able to, to have their own operation, um, you know, and, and, and it's a, it's a, it's a better opportunity than if they just stayed with the original company. So there, you know, I've sort of expanded a lot on that, but I think at the end of the day, um, those tend to be the concerns when people come down. Mm -hmm. Do they look, are, are your visitors or, or you know, companies that you're talking to that are considering Mexico, are they looking at, at a Mexico manufacturing facility as uh, something that can spur their growth in the future? Absolutely. Um, I, I think that when companies are coming to Mexico, this is not a, a one to two year deal, not even a five year deal. Um, you know, one of our oldest clients um, is still with us, has been almost 19 years with Entrada. And that's really what this is for companies looking at growing their capacity, uh, being able to have a cost competitive location that allows them to go after RFQs that they normally would not be able to do. Mexico really becomes an enabler, a game changer, as I like to say. Um, and at the end of the day, what we always find is our clients, they're, they're continually growing. Um, you know, they've grown uh, post-2008 recession. I think in, in 2010, we had around 1,200 total employees in the campus and eight companies. Uh, and obviously, I sort of gave the facts and figures on, on what that growth has led to. Um, and, and through the pandemic, as, as I mentioned before, it was really, it's, it's been amazing to see that these companies not being in Asia, but having a Mexico presence has, has allowed them the opportunity to, to compete against Asia um, and actually be able to deliver product next door into the North American market. Mm -hmm. from, from your clients in your past experience, your clients that have come down to your facility, what kind of a, a kind of a pattern or a trajectory of growth have they exhibited over over time? What does that usually look like? 
Well, and it's it's different for it's different for every company. It's different for every client. Um, you know, typically, I would say automotive is is uh, is typically more aggressive. Um, but we know, I would say, since the last uh, uh, administration that we had, there was a lot of things that that uh, sort of affected Mexico and and the growth of the automotive. We have a new uh, we have a new treaty in place between uh, between U.S., Canada, and Mexico. Uh, you know, there there are a lot of things that have affected the growth of, of the automotive industry, and obviously now the pandemic, uh, the semiconductor crisis. It's it's been really tough for those companies to to really thrive. Um, but again, in Mexico, uh, two of the companies, two of our clients from from the automotive industry, have just they've been able to really really uh, expand the space. One of them, for instance. They are bringing plastic injection molding from China um, and, and from other uh, vendors locally in Mexico. They're now going to do this in-house. It's going to put on another 100 people uh, on top of the 700 that they already have. And, you know, and I just think a, a, a lot of this growth strategy, growth structure, is just focusing on North America and being able to meet the demand um, of their clients. Um, but having everything locally, not having to be so dependent upon having an Asian um, supply base. Mm-hmm. Okay. You had, had alluded earlier a little bit to to this region and this part of Mexico. Let's talk about that uh, for a moment. What's special about uh, where your facility is located there in, in Zacatecas? What what makes it unique? Sure. Um so the the Fresnillo Zacatecas location, aside from being a really beautiful lo- location of Mexico, um, you know, as I mentioned before, it was intentionally picked with a focus of of sort of three points. Um, could not have any major OEMs, major manufacturers that are sort of sucking up the labor. Um, it had to be no more than ten hours from the border, um, so you sort of have an offset between labor cost and freight. And it had to have an international airport. And so this location is really special. It, it shares all three of those eight hours from Laredo, Texas border, um, where we currently have 400 trucks a month that we're moving back and forth. And, um, and you know, and, and you find different types of flights. Sometimes American Airlines is coming in through there direct from Dallas. Um, a lot of our clients go through Mexico City, uh, direct flight to Mexico City, and then three, four times a day, there's a 55-minute flight to Zacatecas. So it, it's... Uh, it's really unique. Um, it has the accessibility, but at the end of the day, it's really it has stayed competitive over the long term on those direct labor costs. So that's mm-hmm. something that uh, really, really difficult nowadays to find anywhere in North America. Interesting. So on on this visit, I assume this is you know early on in your introduction to these companies, the people who, who came down to see the facility. You know what what happens next? What does your overall process look like uh, from here, and perhaps working with these clients and these these companies, I should say, in the future? Sure, and you know, and it, it's it really for us, it's about a strategic relationship. That's what this is. That's what we're trying to work with is helping your company grow in Mexico. Uh, and we realize we're, we're not a partner in your profits. 
we're a partner in helping you survive and thrive and get through all the, the bureaucracy and everything that you face in Mexico. That's what Entrada is doing through this strategic relationship. So, um, you know, we we obviously have been working with some of these companies. One of them I had been talking to for, for probably five years. Um, we have developed cost models because they want to know that it makes sense to be in Mexico before they even come to visit. Uh, taking a look at the what the ongoing operation costs would be, everything from labor, um, freight, utilities, rent cost, all the different things that you can imagine putting that model together. Um, and then really drilling down on their concerns and answering all the questions that they may have, whether it be uh, I'm putting them in front of our HR director and we're talking about unions, uh, HR issues, HR factors to to dealing with our trade and compliance director, um, who's basically letting them know we're doing analysis to make sure that if they're moving or shifting product from China, is it going to qualify for USMCA? So this really is about building that trust um, through analysis and educating the prospect. Um, and so now that they've come to visit, uh, you know, now it really turns into we we. We want to see your laundry. We we want to talk to your uh, we want to talk to your clients. Um, we want to have a better understanding of what their experiences are, which is always great. I, I we have great relationships with great partnerships with our clients, um, and so that's what it is now. Is they're sort of talking to them, uh, you know, drilling drilling us through a client, um, developing more questions, getting more education from someone who's been doing it, say 12, 10, 5 years. Um, and the one thing that's really big is talking to our clients who have most recently gone through a startup to understand how long is that startup process? What's the cost? Uh, you know, how did Entrada perform? Um, it, it's 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 uh, like I said, it's relieving <laughs> to mm -hmm. be able to turn this over to our existing clients who who are our best salespeople. Interesting. How long does a startup typically take? Is it is it impossible to put a number on it because it varies so much or? Well, I, I'll give you I'll give you the best success story, and, and more particular to wire harness. Um, we actually started up a harness client in eleven weeks. That is finding the plant manager, fitting out the facility for electrical, compressed air, lighting, um, onto you know getting furniture in place, getting uh, uh, workbenches, getting the equipment imported into Mexico. Um, getting all of their everything that we need with the Mexican government from a financial standpoint, taxation, trade compliance, um, getting the raw material logged in, all that different stuff. Eleven weeks, um, wow. and, and it varies. Um, I would give, I would quote, an average is probably closer to four, four and a half months. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add for our listeners today before we, we close out the episode? Uh, no, I'm grateful for whoever's listening to this. And obviously, first and foremost, we're educators on manufacturing in Mexico. And we um, we take pride in, in being able to deliver the answers and deliver what is necessary to, to help prospects or companies that are looking at Mexico, um, I guess, be a little more at ease uh, about making this decision because we understand this is a this is a. Uh, like I said, this is long-term. This is not something short-term. It it costs money to set up an operation. Um, at the end of the day, what we want to do is lessen that burden, um, you know, and reduce that cost and ultimately reduce that risk and exposure and just really allow 
Mexico to be an enabler uh, and be in the background of these companies' success. And I'll just add that uh, the website, entradagroup.com, does have a wealth of information there about Mexico manufacturing, about the region, about different sectors. There's a monthly webinar that JP and his team puts on, and lots of the resources you can sign up for on an ongoing basis, whether they're videos or, or the digital newsletters. Uh, as JP mentioned, it's a, they focus on an educational and informational approach. So uh, I want to thank you for your time today, and uh, uh, we look forward to hearing from you the next time we get together in a podcast. Thank you. Cameron, thank you. As always, it's a pleasure, and uh, I, I appreciate the time you took to put this together. Talk soon. Cheers.